good morning, guys. It's great to see you on this beautiful Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we have a really special service in plan for you guys this morning. We're going to actually honor and just celebrate all of the seniors that are going to be graduating coming up really soon. Can we just give a huge hand for all of the seniors that are here this morning? Congratulations to you guys. You know, it's so cool to see the quality that's coming out of Life Church. Some of these students that are actually coming out. And I had the privilege to interview some of these seniors. And uh, we actually have a video we're going to show uh, to you in a second. But these seniors are honestly, every single one of them are going to be world changers. Every single one of them that I interviewed, they want to make an impact. They want to make a huge impact. They want to change the world for Jesus. And it's really cool to see. So why don't you guys take a look at this video of the seniors. Kate Vogel. I'm a senior and I am homeschooled. Kenan Hamadi, Sussex Hamilton High School. My name is Jordan Morales and I go to Menominee Falls High School. I'm Jordan Booker and I go to Kewaskum High School. My name is Jocelyn Mady and I go to Kewaskum High School. My name is Aaron Tennis and I am homeschooled from Hartford. My name is Jordan Infield, I go to Germantown High School. After high school, I am planning on working for my first year. I'm a lifeguard and a some teacher. Um, after that, I, as of right now, I'm planning on applying at West Bend University. After high school, I'll be attending UW Lacrosse for finance in the fall of 2010. Uh, my plans after high school are uh, well, I'm shipping out for the Air Force on July 13th. After high school, I plan on attending Mount Mary College in Milwaukee and majoring in fashion design and marketing. After high school, I plan on going to Carroll University for an elementary education major with a minor in language arts and Spanish. Uh, my plans after high school include moving to Colorado and probably taking some community college courses there for about a year. And in 2011, I plan to start college. My plans after high school are to attend Rhodes College in Memphis, Tennessee to be a student athlete where I'm going to be playing baseball. Life Church has helped me by encouraging me um, with all the kids that are around there to just get move on with life um, and the situations at home and just keep God in my life. So being at Life Church helped me out in a lot of ways. Helped obviously growing closer to God, establishing a whole bunch of good, solid friendships, and just giving me something to do on Wednesday nights. It's been a really fun time. Uh, being at Life Church has helped me uh, just with my walk with God and encouraging me. All the people here and the leaders are really great. Life Church has helped me grow spiritually um, and I think it's made me become a better person. Being at Life Church has helped me in so many different ways. Because I've been a church girl my entire life, but I've never actually invited someone to church. But then when I started coming here, I looked around and there were so many new people and then I was thinking, why can't I do the same thing? And so then for one night um, at the beginning of this year, I started inviting as many people as I could and over 20 people came to one night and just been inviting people ever since. And I believe Life Church has helped me not only to grow in my relationship with God, but also to grow as a person. Being at Life Church has 
had a huge part in helping me develop into the person I am today. Um, I've developed strong friendships uh, with my best friend, Kenneth Hamadi, and I've developed my relationship with Jesus um, tremendously over the last 10 years that I've been here. The advice that I would give the next group of graduates is don't be afraid of the world. God is going to be there with you every step of the way, even if it seems like he isn't. The advice that I'd give the next graduating class is definitely just don't slack off. Senior year can be a real drag, but it's really worth it in the end if you apply yourself. Uh, the advice I would give to the next graduating class is uh, save your money. Save it. The advice I would give to the next graduating class would be not go under peer pressure and not change who you are just because everyone else around you is changing. The advice that I give to the next graduating class would be to invite as many people as you can. And it doesn't matter what people would think about you, but invite as many people as you can. The advice I would give is to continue to come to Life Church, continue to read your Bible, get connected with people who love God and are passionate about him and just listen to his voice if he's telling you to do anything. Um, just do it, you know? The advice I would give to the next graduating class is just to surround yourself with good people because chances are the people around you is what you're going to become. Isn't that awesome? You know, it's great to see what God is doing through our students that are coming out of Life Church. It's so cool to see, like I said earlier, the quality that's coming out of Life Church in these students. So uh, for those of you guys who do not know, I'm Kevin Miller, Director of Missions and Outreach here. And uh, Noel and I are actually in the interim youth pastor positions here. And uh, while we're in the transition stage looking for a new youth pastor, and we are having a blast. We are loving it with the kids. We're having fun. God is moving in the services. Uh, we're having a lot of kids attend. It's just going really, really good. And we actually have two summer interns this year. And one of our interns spoke last Wednesday. And uh, his name is Josh Jans. He's uh, Jeff and Cindy's son, but he spoke last Wednesday. It was his first time ever speaking, ever preaching in front of students, in front of anybody, and five kids accepted Jesus as their Savior for the first time last night. Isn't that amazing? So God is doing great things through the youth. If you guys could turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. If you don't have your Bibles this morning, we're going to have it up on the screen for you. This morning, I'm going to be talking about the door to your future. And like I said, it's going to be a special service for the graduates, but this can be for anybody. The door to your future. Now, when you guys think about your future, does failure ever come to mind? Do you ever think about failure? Like these, we ask these students, where do you think you'll be in 10 years? None of them said, I'll be on the street begging for money, you know. It's just how it'll be. <laughs> no, none of them said that. Every one of them said, you know, we're going to be teachers. We're going to be lawyers. We're going to be these different things. Because none of us think about failure when we think about our future. We think about success. And most importantly, the point that I want you guys to get today is God wants for you to succeed. Whether you're a senior about to graduate, whether you're somebody that's just going through a transitional time, God wants for you to succeed in any single thing that you do. So let's jump into the text now in Joshua. This is actually God's command for Joshua, and this is actually a formula for success in our lives. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, 
Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all of these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let's pray real quick. God, thank you so much, Jesus, for just giving me the opportunity to speak this morning. And God, I pray that you would just let this be your words and not my own, God. And that your presence would just fill this place, God. And if there's anyone in here who's never actually felt your presence, I pray that they would fill your presence this morning, God. Thank you so much for what you're going to do. And it's in your precious name I pray. Amen. You know, in this verse, Joshua is in a huge transitional stage right here. Moses, the leader of the Israelites, for 40 years, led them through the desert, everything like that, just died. So Moses, their leader for 40 years, just died. And Joshua, a young soldier, is stepping up, and God is placing this mantle on him to be the leader over all of the Israelites. So it is a huge change in his life. It's a huge transition. And when I think about this, I think about the seniors that are about to be graduating. They're about to step into a huge transition in life. And even every single person in here, all of us go through change. Every single one of us will have transitions in life. If you're not going through one now, you'll go, one, you'll go through one in the future because it's just a part of life. Change is a part of life. You know, when I start thinking about change, I actually think about my mom a couple of years ago. My mom told me, now she's not the most technical savvy. She told me, I will never text. That's just something I won't do. I just hate it. I don't even want to do it. I'll talk to you on the phone. If you want to talk to me, call me, quit texting me. I'm not going to text. So I was like, all right. And then the other day, this cracks me up. I got a text from her because she's texting now. It was all jumbled up and the words were all mixed up and everything. And she doesn't have a clue. She still doesn't know what T9 is, any of that stuff. So, but she was texting me and it's all jumbled up. But the point is, everybody changes. Everybody goes through changes. And that's, that's what she did. But uh, Joshua in this verse had to go through the biggest change. He stepped up as the leader of all of the Israelites right here. And you know, one of the verses that really sticks out to me in here is verse number three. Because this was just a command. This is God's command over Joshua as he's about to lead these people, this transition in his life. God tells him, he says that everywhere he places his foot, that God will give him. That is so powerful. Every single place that he places his foot, God will give him. Think about being a young soldier stepping up into this new position, being scared, I'm sure. But God telling you every single place where you place your foot, I'm going to give to you. Now, in the Old Testament times, in Joshua's time, the, the reason he was telling them this, because they would go to all these different cities, and they would battle, and they would fight, and they would claim these cities. So he's saying, every single city you step foot in, I'm going to already give to you. 
That was God's promise to him, and that, that is God's promise to us as Christ followers, that every single place that we go, everywhere we place our foot, that he will give to us. Now think of how powerful that is in, in today's terms. Think of going into a new job, placing your foot in that place and saying, God, I claim it in the name of Jesus. I claim it right now, God, that you would let me be successful in this job, that I would do all that I can do in this place, and that you would use me to see people, other people become Christ followers. That's what God is telling us. We have that power. You know, 1 Corinthians six seventeen says that he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So we have all of God within us. Every, the spirit of God is within us. He dwells within us. So we walk with the same authority that Jesus did when he was on this earth. And the Bible says we will do even greater things than Jesus did which is amazing to me to even think about with all of the miracles Jesus did, we will be able to do even greater things than Jesus did. So placing your foot and claiming what God has for you. That's point number one, claim what God has for you. Claim what God has for you. Again, think about that. Think about for you seniors that are about to graduate either from, uh, from high school or from college, going into the college and stepping foot in there and saying, God, I claim this for you in the name of Jesus. God, that every single one of my roommates would know who you are by the time I graduate. God, that every single one of my teachers would know who you are by the time I graduate. Or graduating from college, think about, like I said, stepping into the job and just claiming it for Jesus. We as Christ followers have the power to be able to do that through God and through Jesus. You know, one of my heroes in the faith, his name is Smith Wigglesworth. How many of you guys have ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth? What a funny name, huh? Noel probably wouldn't have married me if I had the last name Wigglesworth, but who knows? But Smith Wigglesworth, is, he really is one of my heroes in the faith. He was somebody that was so immersed in God's presence. They said that he would never read his Bible and pray more than 15 minutes, but he would never go 15 minutes without doing it, without reading his Bible and praying. He was that immersed in God's presence. He loved God so much, and he followed by this principle of claiming what God has for you. And one day, uh, Smith was at the bus stop. It's just a normal day. He was at the bus stop, and the bus pulls up, and he steps onto the bus. And as soon as he steps onto the bus, people begin to weep. Everybody on the bus just begins to weep. And if that was me, I'd probably freak out. I'd be like, what is going on? Did I put on deodorant this morning? You know what I'm saying? But he walks onto the bus, and everybody's beginning to weep. And he knows that it's the presence of God because it is so strong on his life. So he walks onto the bus, people begin to weep, and right there he says a little sermon and almost everybody on the bus gets saved just because he walked by this principle of claiming what God had for him, claiming what God had for him. You know, verse five says that God will never leave us, that he will always be with us, that God will never leave us, he will always be with us. This is something that is huge to me in my life. Because honestly, a lot of times fear sets in. And I know, if I know that God is with me, then man, who can stand against me? You know, if God is with me, nothing is impossible for me. Because nothing is impossible with God. And that verse is awesome. That says, he, he told Joshua, I will never leave you. In the ups and the downs and the good times and the bad times, I will never leave you. I will always be with you. So no matter what you guys are going through, God is always with you. You know, not too long ago, just last year, me and my wife, Noel, were, uh, we were in India, 
and it was the hardest time of my life. Uh, Noel's mother actually passed away while we were in India. And it was, honestly, it was the hardest time in my life. And I know for Noel, that was just 10 times more. But you know, all through that, God was with us so strongly, so powerfully. He was with us and we could truly feel it. We truly felt the comfort of God with us. So whether you're going through some crazy time like that, or you're just living life and loving it after this, you're about to go to the kite festival. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You're loving life. God is with you every single step of the way because he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. So that brings me to point number two, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. God mentions this three times to Joshua. I know you guys heard me just keep on repeating it because it's in here three times. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. He keeps repeating that to Joshua because if God is with us, then why shouldn't we be strong and courageous? Why shouldn't we be confident Christ followers and go out knowing that we have all of God within us and be confident Christ followers and be strong and courageous? You know, in this new season that everyone may be going through, that you will be going through, that's what God wants for you to do in this transitional time. He wants for you to be strong and courageous because, you know, the number one thing that destroys people's futures, that destroys people's, people's destiny is fear. Fear is something that can completely cripple you from having you see what God wants you, wants you to do in your life. When fear sets in, maybe we're going into a new job and we fear that we won't do good and we fear that we can't grow high enough in the company to be successful and that fear sets in and we actually believe it. You know, I heard a pastor say one time that fear is the fate of Satan. That's crazy to think about. Fear is the faith of Satan. So when we fear, we give faith to Satan. I don't know about you, but I want to crush Satan's head. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to give him any faith. There's no way. So when we fear, we're giving him faith. So God says he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. That's what God has given us. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear. God wants us to go out being confident Christ followers to be able to see and make this world change for the good of him. That's what he's given us. He's given, he's given us strength. He's given us power, love, and a sound mind. So you guys, don't ever be afraid to live like Jesus did when he lived on this earth. Because if you look and you read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you read about Jesus, he did not have any fear. I mean, he would go up to the worst of the worst people and invite them in for lunch. You know what I'm saying? He didn't have any single bit of fear. He would go up to people that were sick or lame or had leprosy, pray for them, and then boom, they would, they would be healed right there just because he had no fear in his life. And we need to live in the same exact way with no fear, going out knowing that all of God is within us and that we can be used by him. So number three, point number three is be obedient to God's commands. This is what he tells Joshua, be obedient to my commands. Always be obedient to my commands. You know, there was a, there was a point in my life where I really had to be obedient to God. And uh, I actually told this story in the men's breakfast for you guys that were there. But uh, it was last year, I did a, or not last year, I'm sorry, it was, uh, it was about three or four years back. I was in Bible college. I was a sophomore. And um, 
I had the opportunity to do an internship in Michigan with a church plant pastor there. He's a really awesome pastor. But uh, I did an internship with him, and he asked me on this internship, he said, you know, I'm actually going to be going to the Philippines to do a youth convention, like a national youth convention. Would you like to go with me? And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. You know, I'm a sophomore in Bible college. I'm like, yeah, I'll go. So after that, I'm just like, man, God, I want to be obedient to you. I want to do whatever you want me to do. So I just started praying, and I was like, God, how do you want to use me on this trip, you know? Because I know you want to use me, all of this stuff. And God spoke to me right there. I actually saw a vision. And this is one of the first times I actually saw something like this that God gave me. But God showed me a lady there. She was a Filipino lady. She had curly hair, and her knee was messed up. And I knew that she was going to get healed. Like, that's the vision that God gave me, and I just kind of saw this in my head. And so I wrote it down because I forget stuff after, like, five minutes. I mean, you can ask Noel, it's bad. So I write it down, so I'll remember it. Wrote it down in my journal, and then uh, the pastor actually comes back up to me that I was interning with, and he says, hey, dude, you know, it didn't work out. Um, I'm actually not going to be able to go anymore to the Philippines. And I'm like, dude, are you serious? You know, I'm like, man. So I go back to my room. I was actually staying in the basement of the church. I go back to my room, and I was like, God, what in the world? You know, you gave me this vision, and now it's all gone, every bit of it. And God is telling me, just try again. Just keep trying. And so I'm like, okay. And, you know, if fear would have set him right there, nothing would have happened. I would have stayed in my room, went, went through with the internship. But I said, all right, God, I'll be obedient. So I went back up to the pastor I was interning with, and I said, hey, um, is there any possible chance I can still go? And he's just like, yeah, I mean, you can email the guy and try, you know, the guy in the Philippines. So I emailed this dude in the Philippines, and he's like head over all of this, uh, all of this youth over there for the whole entire convention. And he said, yeah, we would love for you to be the main speaker of this whole thing. I said, okay, all right, awesome, you know, great, let's do it. So I was so scared. I'm a sophomore in Bible college about to preach a national youth convention. But I was like, all right, sure. You know, God, if this is what you want me to do, I'll do it. So uh, I got on a plane all alone, went over to the Philippines, flew over there in this beautiful country, like flying in. It looks like Hawaii. It's really gorgeous. But I went there, and uh, the youth convention was going awesome. It was going unbelievable. God was just using me in mighty ways. Uh, over 60 kids got saved one night. So it was just going really, really, really good. And then uh, on the third night, I actually preached on healing because healing is something that's just huge in my life. I preached on healing, and I preached on the woman with the issue of blood and her desperation that she had for her healing. And uh, after the service at, at the altar call, at the, at the time of response, I said, um, the vision just came right back to me that God had given me. I didn't need to pull out my journal and look at it. I was like, thank you, Jesus, bringing it back to my memories. But he said, now's the time. Now's the time for that lady to get healed. I was just like, all right, God, I'll be obedient to you, you know. So right there I said, okay, is, is there a lady in here? You have curly hair. I said, and your knee's messed up and you want prayer. If you want your knee to be healed, I was like, can you, can you come forward? And it was nothing, just crickets. I mean, throughout the whole place, and I'm like, Okay, you know, can I get the translator up real quick? And then I got the translator up, because most of them speak English there. But I got the translator up and repeated it again, and then nothing. I mean, just silence again. And I'm like, God, you told me to do this, you know? And then again and again, I tried it again, and then I did like any good pastor would do. And I said, you know what? If anybody needs healing in this place, why don't you come on forward? <laughs> and then there was probably about uh, 12 to 15 people that came forward. And the first person that came forward was a lady with curly hair and her knee was messed up. I say, you left me hanging, lady. Come on now. 
But she came forward and um, I was like, God, this is awesome. You know, this is awesome. You showed me this in this vision and now I'm actually seeing it in real life just because I was obedient to him. So I said, God, just use me, please. So I prayed for her knee and she was instantly healed like that. She, she began to walk like she's, never began, uh, like she's never been able to walk. Her knee was completely healed, and I just started going through the line, and I'm just like, what is going on? This is awesome, you know? I'm going through the line and praying for these people, and one after one, they're all getting healed. Every single one of them, back problems, headaches, all of this stuff, every single one of them are getting healed from this. Because we have all of God within us. We have all of Christ within us. No matter how old you are, I don't care if you're five years old or you're 95 years old. If you have all of God within you, these things are possible. The impossible is possible. So I kept going through the line, and then I get to the final person. And this kid had been, um, he was probably about 16 or 17 to look at him. But he was deaf and mute. He was born this way. He was born deaf and mute, never been able to hear, never been able to speak. And man, all kind of stuff started flashing through my mind, like TV evangelists praying for people and them getting up out of wheelchairs and stuff. And I was like, man, this is, this is really that moment. God, you are really going to have to use me right here. And I turned around, like I dropped the mic down. I turned around and I didn't say it in any, any sort of uh, arrogant way, but I said, God, I didn't fly all the way over here to the Philippines for you not to use me and for this boy not to get healed. And then I turned back around and I grabbed the mic and I just began to pray for him and I was just obedient to God and I just placed my hand on his ears and started praying for him. And his, his uh, right ear opened up and he began to hear out of it. I was snapping my finger and he was shaking his head that he could hear. And then he began to, uh, he began to murmur words He'd never been able to speak in his life, never been able to say anything. He began to murmur words out of his mouth. After, after the whole entire thing was done, he was completely healed. Both ears were open and his mouth was open. He was completely healed. Isn't that amazing? That's how God works. And you know, that's, that's no credit to me. I was just a sophomore in Bible college but I was just obedient to God's command in my life. And I realized that all of Christ is within me. And stuff like that began to happen. And there's no reason why that stuff can't happen in you guys' life, in your everyday life, where you work, where you go every day, going through Walmart, going through uh, Syndics, pick and save. God can use you in powerful, powerful ways. So be obedient to God's command in your life. You know, verse 8 is really amazing in this passage also that God tells Joshua. He says that you need to meditate on, on God's word. Meditate on the word day and night. He told Joshua, meditate on the law day and night, day and night. Meditate on it. Have it in you. Know the word. Number four, point number four is saturate yourself in God's word. This word, this Bible this is everything in our life. This is our blueprint. This is our map to life. Every single thing that we need to know as Christ followers is in this book. Every single thing we need to know to live a successful life is in this book right here. Because this is God's word for our life. So we need to saturate ourselves in this. You know what's really cool is in Old Testament times, they would actually, um, the Jewish teachers before the students would come, they would actually get their slates that they would write down their scripture on and they would dip the slates in honey. 
they would dip the slates in honey that the kids would learn the scripture on. And these are kids from ages 6 through 12. And just to let you know, these kids from ages 6 through 12 would memorize the whole Torah or the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Every single bit of it they would memorize. They would be able to tell it back to you. The whole first five books of the Bible from ages 6 to 12. So these teachers, I wonder, I was thinking to myself, how in the world would they be able to do that? Dude, I had so much ADD when I was little. I mean, it was crazy, you know? There's no way. But they would dip these kids' slates in honey before they would give it to them to learn the scriptures on. And they would pass it out to every single kid. And then they would say, may the words of this, may the words of God be so sweet to you. Let it be like honey to you every time you read it. And then they would let the kids eat the honey off of the slates. And that just kind of taught the kids to let God's word just be so sweet to them in their life. Let it be like honey. And I guess it would be like giving a kid a Rice Krispie treat or something now, which I love Rice Krispie treats. If you guys ever want to thank me for anything, a box of Rice Krispie treats would be amazing. Praise the Lord. But they would give these kids these slates. They would eat this honey and they would know that God's word is sweet to them. Man, isn't that amazing to think about how sweet God's word can be to us? You know, I've just been praying lately, God, let me just become obsessed with your word. God, that day and night I would think about your word, that in the mornings I would want to do nothing else but just get up and read your word. At night, that this would be the last thing that I think about is your words, your word, your word for my life. Become saturated in God's word. Become saturated You know, if you let God consume you, you're going to be unstoppable. All of you graduates, if you let God consume you in your life, you're going to be unstoppable in this world. Success is in every single one of you guys' future. If you follow these principles and you say, God, I want you to use me, and you're saturated in his word. In verse number eight, it says that if you do these things, if you follow these principles, you will be prosperous and successful. If you follow these principles, you will be prosperous and successful. I don't think anybody in this place would say, no, don't want that. Nope. I think every, some people may not seem like it, but everybody deep down inside, you want to be successful. You want to be prosperous. So if you follow these things, God is saying that you will be. And I just want to let everybody know in this place that God has a plan for your life. If you don't have a relationship with God, he's got a plan for your life still. He created you. If you do have a relationship with God, but you're in a down spot, you just don't know what's going on, he's got a plan for your life. For every single person in this place, he has a plan for your life. A lot of you guys know this verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. But it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Every single person in this place, that's God's plans for you. For you not to be harmed, but for you, have, for you to have hope and a future. That is God's plans for your life. Seniors, that is God's plans for your life. People going into new jobs, that is God's plans for your life. People who have just got laid off, that is God's plans for your life. He still has a plan for your life. So don't give up. Don't give up. Keep striving for what God has for you. 
You know, as I'm wrapping up, um, as you guys go home, I really just want for you to just get into God's word. Just let it saturate you. Just read this verse. Read Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, and just let it get into your spirit. Just let God really begin to speak to you through this verse. Because God truly wants for every single person here to be successful. He wants for you to succeed. Let me ask you parents this. Have you ever wanted your child to fail? Playing baseball, softball, soccer, whatever it is. Have you ever said, yep, wish they'd just strike out? Yep. No, absolutely not. You would want your kid to be the best and be better than all the other kids. You wouldn't tell the other parents that, but you want your kid to be the best. That's how God is to us. You know, the Bible says we are God's children. God wants every single one of you to be the best. And every single one of you in here is God's favorite. Whether you know it or not, I know it doesn't make sense, but every single one of you guys are God's favorite. And he wants for you to succeed because God wants for us to be successful. He wants for us to succeed. Let's pray really quick. God, right now, Jesus, thank you so much for your word.